Welcome to the Europe is Coming podcast, taking you inside the minds of Europe's best CrossFit athletes and the people behind them. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Vicky McLeod. In this episode, I get to talk with Kristen Holter, the fourth fittest woman in the world, and now the reigning female functional fitness champion. We talk in depth about how she has overcome self-doubt to become a top athlete in the world of CrossFit and how she is preparing to end her competitive career and what comes next. So let's get to it. Welcome, world champion Kristen Holter to the Europe is Coming podcast because you just were crowned the world champion in the Functional Fitness Championships on Sundays. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. How does that feel? What to say? Like, I don't I don't even know if I've, like, uh, thought about it yet. It's just been so much going on since then. And I think it was, in the beginning, it was most, like, relief that I actually did it. Because I, this has been, just to become a world champion has been a goal for my, of mine for, like, a long time. Uh, and now it was some up and downs during the weekend. But I did it in the end, and it was just really it was relief I was happy of course but it was like oh good I I can now I can retire because I made it and uh, and that was just uh, the the last bit thing that I missed is that really the thing that you wanted <laughs> to be honest like after I was on the podium at games in 2019 I like before that I thought that just getting on the podium will make me so happy. That will like be like the the thing that I wanted. But then when I was on the podium, it was like it didn't make me any happier. Um, and that surprised me a little bit because I thought like that was the ultimate goal for me. And like I would be ecstatic and like so happy about it. And of course, yeah, I was happy, but I was like, after one day, I was like, okay, what's next? Yeah. I have more work to do. <laughs> So no it's rest. always what's next, yeah. Um, and is that already happening now, or are you satisfied now that you've got your world champion title? I'm never satisfied. I like some things were were good this weekend, but something was not that good. Like I felt like I should have done better, and that's the things that like bothers me a little bit because I like oh, I should have done better than that. I should have done that and that and um I know that I could have done a little bit better and that makes me like want it want even more so Mm -hmm. straight back to training today um have two more competitions coming up so uh just focusing on them and then hopefully in January I'll be able to celebrate a little bit and just think about all the things that I've accomplished during my career and then I will also be really happy that I became a world champion again. I wonder if you're ever going to cut yourself some slack because <laughs> you're an elite athlete and you've been at the top of your game for such a long time now and you have achieved so much and yet you're still right next, next, next. I think that's amazing. Yeah. You must be a nightmare to live with, Kristen Holter. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I feel kind of sorry for my boyfriend. <laughs> but he's uh he's been really good so um but I'm 
I'm excited for for him to get a little more attention and not just me because mm-hmm. of my career. Uh, and that's both him and like the rest of my family and friends just having more time for them. I think that will be good for me um, yeah. next year. The life of a professional athlete is very self-centered, isn't it? You have to constantly prioritize training, recovery, nutrition, and everything outside of those things always takes second place, doesn't it? Yeah, and and it's for me too. Like I want to go into a season knowing that I've done absolute everything that I can to be the best athlete uh, that I can be. Um, and that means that I have to be um, focusing on myself most of the time and doing all the things that I know I need to do, like sleep um, nine to 10 hours each day, eat the right food, um, relax, recover when I can. Uh, and all those things, it's not just the training itself, it's so much more. And that is the things that I like. I think I'm going to, I'm most excited about that. I can actually like go, go out, hang out with friends whenever I want to. Don't have to go home at 9 PM going to bed and then get up early every single day and knowing that I can be a little more spontaneous. Yeah. Maybe. Social life. <laughs> yeah. You have some travel plans. Will you go and go on holiday? Will you go away? Well, given the coronavirus situation, maybe not, but in a perfect world, would you be going places? Uh, yeah, I love traveling and um, hopefully everything will work out with the competition in Dubai. And then I'll go to the Maldives after for a little vacation. Um, yeah, so that's that's something that I've been like wanting to treat myself with for uh, the last couple of years. And uh, now it's finally time to do that, hopefully. Let's um, let's talk about your your career because there's a lot of people that um, are huge fans of yours in the Europe is coming podcast and people that follow the podcast as well. They 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 one of the reasons that we started this podcast is because of you. I hope you really <laughs> you realise that <laughs> because because we saw you know the incredible achievements that you were and the great performances that you were putting on in various places and yet you weren't getting the what in, in my opinion, anyway, the kind of attention or media coverage that other athletes were getting. And I wondered, um, I heard an interview um, re- pre, um, shortly after you announced that you were retiring, Sean Woodland and Tommy Marquez, and they were saying, they were asking you the same question actually about, did you mind about being the underdog? And it was interesting to me that you actually, I actually don't think you do mind. You kind of quietly just got better and better and better and I I wanted you to tell me what drove you what inspired you to start and how you kept going through the more difficult periods of your career yeah I've I've always wanted to prove people wrong um so whenever someone tells me that like I don't think you can do it that triggers me to like oh I'll show you I can do it uh so that's like I've I just love to be the underdog and it's been less pressure with that too. I just mm. can go in and like do whatever I can and maybe surprise some people. And I know what I can do. Um, and I, I've gotten better at believing in myself too over the years. Um, but it's been a lot of like struggle with confidence and not feeling that I'm actually good enough to be competing with the, the best girls in the world. 
Um, but after I qualified the first time in 2014 for mm-hmm. CrossFit Games, I, I realized that I I was pretty much as good as the other girls there. I I belonged there and qualifying year after year after that, just um I was just proving to myself that I'm actually good at this and I deserve to be there uh, for the past eight years. Um, so that's about the underdog. And it's just with the setbacks and issues, like in, in the beginning, I, every time I had a setback or a challenge, I felt like the world fell apart because mm-hmm. I was, I like wanted everything to go smoothly. I wanted everything to be easy. Um, and then injury after injury just hit me. And after some of those injuries, I was like, okay, this is how it should be. I am supposed to get these challenges because then I can show myself and prove to myself that I can overcome these obstacles and challenges. And that's what makes me stronger. So I think each and every setback and injury and challenge that I've had and made me stronger in the end, that's how I've been able to do this for this many years and actually become better year after year. I had a question. When we answered, we asked um, the program Instagram channel about some questions for you. And one of the questions was, what's your recovery routine? There's a lot of things. Um, to me, actually, the most important thing is sleep. Uh, I think a lot of people don't think of that as recovery, but that is, for me, the most important thing as a recovery tool. Uh, and then usually sitting in the sauna after I work out, um, like 10 to 20 minutes, just reading and unwinding after after my training day. Uh, eat a lot of carbs proteins after training that's really good for um that's necessary for recovery Mm -hmm. Uh, and the mobility part both like pre-workout and post-workout and then getting body work like at least once a week if possible massage or what do you go for yeah massage or chiropractor or whatever i feel like i need you're a qualified nutritionist as well as being a professional athlete Yes. And um, I guess that means that you you can work out your own nutrition plan and you how you do you make the decisions yourself on what you're going to be eating or do you have help with that? I've had some help um, from Jen Ryan in the US at Invictus. Uh, I just like I know what I'm supposed to eat. Um, I just find it easier when someone else is in control of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It makes it. (laughs) It makes me accountable that I have to like do it. Um, But the past couple of years, I've been, I haven't been probably focusing a hundred percent on that because I feel like if, if I go hundred percent in on every single part of uh, training and life outside, it becomes stressful. And for me, like the nutrition parts needs to be like more natural. I don't want it to be a stress factor for me. So I kind of like, know what I'm eating but I'm done I don't measure anything I eat when I'm hungry I eat as much as possible try to eat as much carbs as possible and that's basically um what I do and have been doing the past couple of years mm-hmm. and feel like for me that is working because I I know uh what food consists of I know where I can find my carbs my proteins and the fat 
and I can approximately see how much is in a meal that I'm having. Um, but for me, it's mostly about what what my body wants and what I feel like give my body energy. And that's more important than the numbers. Like I need to have this and this grams of carbs and this and the grams of protein. To me, it's more like, it's more important that my stomach feel good and my body feel energized and ready to work out. The way that we're looking at macros and the diet plans, eating plans that a lot of athletes, particularly female athletes are following, does also seem to lend itself to potential eating disorder problems and like body um, image problems as well. I've spoken to a couple of female athletes who who've had have been through the macro journey and decided that actually they can't do that because of emotional issues that actually makes it as you say more stressful but I mean it can be I guess because it's just putting additional pressure onto performance if you don't get your macros every day if you're an athlete you want to you want to win the macro game every day as well yeah you're coming from yeah, yeah, and I think there needs to be a balance here. And I think that's that's very important that, yes, for some athletes, they need to have the macros and they feel good about that, but it's still, it needs to be balanced. So if you're like loose or if you lack 10 grams of fat, you don't drink, uh, you don't drink oil, for example. Like that's not the point because you just like, there's still some fat left, but then you have to like, okay, yeah. maybe I don't need that today. Maybe yeah. I can take that tomorrow. It's it's a balance, fine balance there. Yeah, and it's like a long game as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You said after the games that you were feeling, you talked about the last um, workout of the games and saying actually that you felt, you felt mentally tired when you were doing it. And I wanted to ask how you're feeling now and how you managed to recover your 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 mental game because you you really felt to me when you were announcing your retirement that it was that was it you were done no yeah I the plan was uh to still do uh several competitions this fall that's been Mm -hmm. the plan the whole time I just knew that I couldn't go through another full season um of training and I just felt mentally drained I felt like with like pressure and with like mostly coming from myself I wanted to perform well and I know I need to go into every single training session every single day of the year knowing that I'm giving my absolute absolute best effort and if I can't do that I won't be satisfied no matter what result I get at games so that's what I'm feeling now that I don't have that in me anymore to be able to go in 100% in every single workout because I'm just mentally tired. It's Mm -hmm. really tough to push through those really tough workouts. And I know with myself, if I can't do that every single day, I won't be happy in the end. So I just knew that I had to make a choice that this was my last game season. I would end my career with some fun off-season competitions, um, and then I will be done. And for me, it was just important to be able to choose when I wanted to retire instead of being forced to do it by an injury or something like that so that was very important to me and I'm happy with my decision um the mental part is it's up and down it's like during a competition the day before I'm like I don't know why I'm doing this I it's so stressful uh a lot of nerves 
Um, and I don't really, I don't want to do it. Um, but then after like the first couple of events, it's like, oh yeah, this is a little bit fun. And then <laughs> eventually there comes like good workouts that I feel like, oh, I can really push in this workout. And mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy that because I pushed a lot harder than I really wanted to. And that's a victory for me. So it's up and down, but it's still rough, like the mental part, but I, I still have have it in me so I know I can like find it for a few workouts but not every single day oh right so you're kind of drawing on a resource that you know is there is a limit yeah yeah I feel yeah talk to me about what your brain is telling you before the competitions then is it what's it saying do you what's it telling you you're not good enough or you don't want to do it what is it oh so many things (laughs) um it's yeah I'm doubting myself have I done what I need to do to get ready for this um and just I'm mostly scared to um let myself down Mm -hmm. that I'm like in a workout talking to myself in my head and then I don't want to push like do that final push that I know I can do. Um, And that's to me like the worst nightmare being out there and just quitting basically uh, on myself. And that's the worst feeling when you're, you know, you could have done better when you finish a workout. I don't want to have that. I, Mm -hmm. I, I want to finish every single workout knowing that I pushed as hard as I could and did my absolute, gave my absolute best effort and, if I don't do that, it's a really bad feeling and I don't like that at all. Have you always been an all-in kind of person? Have you always been tough on yourself even when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah, in on everything. Like I always wanted to to win and be the best in everything that I did. Um, and I think I've gotten better the, um, the last years, um, been a little bit nicer with myself, knowing that sometimes um I'm just what I'm doing is good enough it don't have to be perfect Mm. um and I think that that's important to to recognize that and like don't push yourself to the limits no some sometimes it's okay to say like maybe like the macros like Mm. today I did but it's still okay I'm okay with it and tomorrow I'll be better um and stuff like that just be be nice with yourself I think that's really important and when did you learn that I mean how long has it taken for you to really appreciate that that's a good place to be it's been talking with my mental coach um Mm. and and some other um people too and just like recognizing it was actually during my injury in 2020 when I had a herniated disc in my back in my back injury and I was really hard on myself because at that time like my body wasn't doing well and I felt like okay if my body's not working I can still work on my mental game and I felt like I failed that too because I felt so sorry for myself and that just made it even worse both my body I was just crashing and at that time, I was like, okay, I need to do something. And I think I need to 
just be better with myself and accept that I can't be, things can't be perfect all the time and I can't be 100% all the time. Some, sometimes 80% is good enough. Mm-hmm. To do. And that, that was like a whole journey for me going through that uh, injury because I had to start thinking about who, who am I without CrossFit? Because that could potentially stop my career at that point. Um, and going through all of that, I think I accept that things are not going to be great all the time. And I'm still a good person, even though I don't do CrossFit. I'm, I'm Christian who does CrossFit, not CrossFit Christian. And so I think it's an identity. Yeah. And that's tough when you've done this for so many years. Mm. I identify myself with CrossFit. Um, That's what I do. And that's who I am. Um, But I'm so much more too. And I think that's, for me, going through that this last season, I've been thinking more and more about that. And like, who am I going to be after this? And how do I want to be? And what do I want to do? And that's, uh, it takes a lot of, (laughs) energy to think about that and like I think it's going to be really tough in January when I'm actually done um and I think I'm going to spend some time just figuring out who I am uh without CrossFit and what I'm going to do but I'm I'm sure that I'll figure it out in the end it's kind of like not reinvention but the next stage the next development because you've constantly been involving since you began CrossFit in 2013, 2014. Yeah. And it's a big period of your life. The majority of your adult life has been competing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's really scary. It's really scary. (laughs) Um, But exciting. Yeah, it's exciting too. And I'll probably find something else that I can compete in in or yeah I was going to say I don't think the competitive element of you is going to leave no for sure not um what could it be we'll see I haven't really decided I I need to take some time to just like enjoy training um figure out what I want to do um how to make money spend time with my friends and family um and that's my first priority and then we'll see after that you have um Krieger training. Is that yes. um and is that something that you're looking to develop? Yes, for sure. That's been something we started, me and my coach uh, started about a year ago. And it's basically my training program mm-hmm. that we put out there uh, for other people to um to do. And then I would like to do uh develop it with some mental training, mental coaching, maybe some individual coaching. I'm really found and I know how much the mental training can help you as an athlete in your career. So I really want to get that out there and tell people how much it's been working for me. Like I know that I wouldn't be in this position today if it wasn't for the mental training that I've Mm -hmm. done since 2013. And I just think a lot of athletes don't recognize that and don't really understand how much value that can have for both like, uh, your athletic career but also life in general 
more and more athletes that I've spoken to have um, have started to use the word mental training or mindset coaching, as, and it's become something I think you, I mean, you're you're in front of the curve because you've been yeah. on it for a while. But more and more people are picking up on the fact that actually that is the separator. It's what goes on in the brain and how much you yeah. believe in yourself as well as whether or not you can achieve what you want to achieve. Yeah, and to be able to bring out your absolute best when it matters the most. Mm-hmm. I think that's what differentiates the best and the next best. That a lot of people are really good in training and like in their own gym, but when it comes out to the big stage and there's a lot of pressure, a lot of unknown things, they just can't perform what they are capable of. And I think that's where the mindset is coming in, like knowing what to do when you're in these uncertain situations and how to control your body and mind when it really matters the most. Do you have a tip for a young athlete who might be struggling with, I guess it's almost like stage fright, isn't it? In some ways, not everybody enjoys that kind of pressure, do they? No, yeah, for sure. It's, um, it's tough. And one of the things that's been working for me is just to see things in perspective. Like I look at myself from the moon and then I look how small I am. (laughs) Uh, And then it's like this situation right here is actually, it's not as big as I'm making it. It's not as important as I'm making it because when you're in that situation, it feels like this is my whole life. But if, if I'm really stressful about something, that makes me just calm down a little bit because in five years, I probably won't remember this at all. I'll remember my effort and how I changed maybe my my mindset when I got into this, but Mm. you probably won't remember the result of the competition or how much weight you snatched, for example. You will know, you will remember the experience and how you felt and how you dealt with um, obstacles and everything, everything in the competition, but this is not the whole world. This is just a small part. And that makes me calm down a little bit when, when I'm really nervous. Kristen beams in from the moon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tiny. <laughs> that's, that's great advice, actually, because it's perspective, guys, isn't it? It's about yeah. this, is, this, is, um, this is something that you can control if you have the right yeah. mindset yeah. about it. Yeah. Now, let's talk about how the hell Norwegian women got so, so, so good at CrossFit. Because the top three on the podium at the weekend were Norwegian, and you guys are coming up strong. And I wondered if there was something in the Norwegian lifestyle that was particularly building such a strong squad of Norwegian women. I don't really know. Um, I think it's combination of a lot of things I think hard work over time um, and I think for a lot of the younger athletes they've seen that I've been able to go to the games for so many years and I think that hopefully that have seen that if it's possible for me it's possible for them too um, and we've been this group of people for the functional fitness the national team we've mm-hmm. been training together for the past couple of years uh, and we've been training together probably every month and pushing each other 
and making each other better. And before this world championship, we spend a week in um, uh, the Canary Islands, just getting ready for for the competition. And I think we went into the competition more as a team than individuals. And you're so much stronger as a team than individuals. So I think that's a big part of um, part of the success now. And I think there's just a lot of talented athletes that now that the sport has been in Norway for more years, um, these talents are coming up and they have gotten a few more years of training. Mm. And then we can see how good they can really be because now I think they also believe that they can go to the games and also be on the podium. That's the crucial thing, isn't it? Believing in themselves. Yeah, and believing that it's possible. Setting goals for yourself and actually believing in these goals that you can actually make them happen. I'm almost definitely certain that you are those girls' hero in many ways because you've set the standard for them. But who are your heroes? Who do you look up to? I look up to a lot of different people for different reasons. I I look up to those who dare to dream big and dare to go after it, like their dreams. Um, even though a lot of people are like, I don't think you can do it. They still go 100% in and want to achieve their goals. And I look up to those who go in to the gym every single day and just work hard and don't complain. Um, and they don't even have to have a goal. They just go in and work really, really hard. And I admire that. I'm like, I feel like if I don't have something that I'm going to train for, like the games, for example, I'll struggle to go in and push like my, my hundred percent because I don't really have to, but a lot of people go in and give them their absolute best every single workout, um, without like, they don't have to, but they do it anyways. And that's, I think that's really cool. And I'm excited to join more um, classes at the gym um, and just be a regular member, maybe. (laughs) We'll see. That would be so intimidating to work out next to you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, that'll be fine. (laughs) Can you imagine? Yes, Kristen's joining the class today, everybody. Don't worry. (laughs) Yeah. They'll expect a lot of me, though, so it's going to be a lot of pressure. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about um, your support team that has been helping you and keeping you on track all these years. I mean, I know that you um, have a mental coach and you have a a partner, but are are there other people that you would say have been instrumental in in your career that you... Yeah, for sure. Um, it all started at my gym, CrossFit Oslo, um, and the people there that have encouraged me and supported me since I started in 2012. Um, and then my mental coach, we've been working together since 2013, and he, he's he been so important for my career and my life in general. Just He's been helping me um, believe in myself and finding all these mental tools that I've needed to be able to achieve what I've achieved um, today. And without him, I I don't think I've ever been able to go to a CrossFit Games, to be honest. 
because that first time was so crucial for me um, to qualify and knowing that I'm good enough. Um, and then there's been, I've, I was a part of, uh, still I'm a part of CrossFit Invictus and been a part of their family uh, for several years in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been helping me so much. I've been, um, they take so such good care of me when I'm over there. I feel like family. Uh, so that's been awesome. And CJ and Karen, his CJ's mom, my coach's mom, uh, they've been awesome to me and all the community over there. Uh, and then the past couple of years with COVID, I've been spending more time at home, training more across with Oslo uh, with my coach, Joachim Rigg. And then we started Kraige training. So we've been getting quite a good uh, amount of people in there and a great community. A lot of people that I can train with uh, at my gym. And they've all been pushing me and making me better uh, every single day. So that's been awesome. And then, of course, my my boyfriend and my family, they've supported me since day one. Um, and they still do. So I would not be here without them uh, and all my friends around here. The, um, yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, family is important, especially when they are when you're doing something so consuming as trying to become the best in the world at something so it's just important that they understand your priorities I think that's that's super important that Mm -hmm. I don't like pressure you into doing something that you're not supposed to do because you need to recover like they always understand if like I can't come to family dinners or stuff like that because I need to go training or um, recover and that's very very important and it's uh, I feel like I have a lot um, of time to catch up with them um, when I'm done and I, I need to spend a lot of time with them for everything that they have done for me I bet they're looking forward to January then <laughs> yeah I hope so <laughs> so you've got Dubai coming and then after that after that is Christmas in the Maldives and then Wadapalooza yes and you're going in team I will do Wadapalooza on a team yes that will be my uh, last competition And who are you going to go team with? I'm going to go with my two Norwegian uh, friends, um, Lena and Ingrid. They were on the CrossFit Oslo team that placed second at the games. So, yeah, they are the team veterans. I haven't been on a team like that before, so I'm excited to to do that. And hopefully that will be a really good way to finish off my career. How do you, what is the difference between being an individual and being in a team? For you, this is going to be quite a challenge, given how hard you are on yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I've said to them, like, I'm not a team person. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm individual because I want to depend on myself uh, and my own effort, uh, how I'm going to do. Like, it's, I think it's just different people are, some people are really good at being on a team, like, if you have played team sports, stuff like that, I've always done individual sports and I I like to be dependent on myself and not anyone else. But um, I take it as a good opportunity to show myself that I can actually be a good teammate too. And hopefully I can, I can show that. Okay, good luck. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> the functional fitness competition, the championships that you've just won, 
the workouts over the three days, you already knew the workouts and what they were going to be before you go into the competition. So you get the chance. I imagine you took the chance to test them. Yeah. Would make sense. And and so you have some sort of idea about timings and some sort of idea about how you're going to approach each workout. When it on the floor, when you're actually doing it, how close can you stick to that strategy? Or is there is there the um, oh, I'm gonna do it this way, little little voice in your head that suddenly says I've got to go in a different direction? Or did you manage to stick to your strategies all the way through? Um, yeah, mostly I was able to stick with my plan. Um I had to change a few things like in the warm-up area because of different equipment and stuff like that. But mostly I have, I'm good at planning and like making um, a detailed plan or how to approach every single workout. But I also allow myself when I'm out there to just go with the flow. Uh, and if I feel like I want to push harder or go faster, that's certainly allowed. <laughs> Um, but I'm not allowed to go slower than I was planning on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes like you have to split up uh, reps a little different than I, my plan said, but usually I do have a plan A, plan B, maybe plan C if necessary. Usually some of them work. <laughs> it takes the stress away, I guess, in that, in, well, some stress away because you already know what the workouts are going to be so you can sort of prepare for them. And the and that's I guess one of the crucial differences between that competition and the CrossFit Games, apart from obviously the lack of Olympic lifting. I mean, are there any other differences between the functional fitness championships and the CrossFit Games that you would say are are notable? Well, in the functional fitness competition, you have like six tests that are set. So one for endurance, one for strength. Uh, you have one body weight, one skill one mixed and then one power. So it's more divided, like um, which athletes are good at which parts kind Mm -hmm. of. In CrossFit, you usually implement most of those things into every single workout. I feel like for me, CrossFit is better because there's always something that I'm not that good at, like the ergs because I'm not that big, not as strong as the strongest girls uh, or most powerful, but I can usually uh, make up some time in like, if there's some body weight movements or some running or some burpees or in the transitions or something like that. Mm -hmm. So for me, I feel like the CrossFit part is, uh, is better for me, but this is also like a good challenge because I need to get better at the power part, the strength part and the endurance with the ergs. So for me to train for this kind of competition is really good because that I think that will make me a better athlete overall. And did you see um, do you see an incremental um, improvement in your fitness when you train specifically for that competition? Uh, well, it was only for a couple of weeks. Um, so, and I still try to do all kind of movements in my training since I'm still doing uh, a couple of competitions. Mm um later but I did like I especially on the skier I was able to pull uh, numbers that I never thought that I was able to do and for me that's like a win because I'm I did not know that I can do that for that many times 
for example. And that's for me, that is like, okay, if it wasn't for that workout, I would never know that mm-hmm. I could do that. Yeah. And, and that was, that was fun to just see that I surprised myself positively in some of the workouts. What's the secret to continuously getting better, Christine? Because you, I don't, I don't know about anyone else your age, but it seems to be amazing that you're you're aging and improving. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I thought that I would stop improving. Uh, maybe like this year, I was like, oh, I'm getting, I'm a master athlete. I'm 35. Mm-hmm. This is probably the end for me, um, like physically, but I feel like we've been just working a lot on like the small details, uh, not necessarily putting on like 10 kilos on my back squat or 10 kilos on my snatch, but like how to, how to make that snatch when it really counts. Uh, and it doesn't have to be I, I will never snatch 10 kilos more than I do now, but I can be technically better so I can make more of the lifts at a really heavy weight. Uh, and the details in like transitions, um, before this season, we had a mantra that every second counts because mm-hmm. in 2020, I lost the top five spot by two seconds. Yes. Uh, in the last workout. And that's when I knew it was like, okay, every single session counts, every single second counts. And we needed to do like figure out how to, to get those seconds back. And that's small things like which belt do you use? How much time do you spend taking on and off the belt? Um, grips, chalk, transitions, how to be more efficient in every single movement. So you save like tenth of seconds, but in the end, it will be a lot of seconds. Forensically um, studying everything to figure out how to get the most efficient possible. Yes. Yeah. So, so for me, I, I probably haven't gotten that much better physically the past couple of years, but I've been smarter and we've done more work on the details and that Mm -hmm. has overall made me a better athlete given that you said you're going to retire in january 2022 we aren't going to see your name in the open are we no a lot of people have asked me that and i'm like it's all or nothing (laughs) i i can't sign up for the open and put in 50 percent and if i the genie is out of the bottle (laughs) yeah and if I want to put up 100% I know I need to train for it so Mm -hmm. that's why like I don't not this year but maybe next year um, I'll be able to be satisfied with knowing that I can I can give 50% and that's fine will you be tempted to coach other people in the meantime yeah, I, I do hope that I can be kind of sort of a mentor uh, for especially younger athletes. And I want to share what I've learned throughout my career, um, what to do, what not to do, uh, how to approach different workouts, um, all the work you have to do to get ready for like an open workout. I've spent several hours uh, before I do an open workout, just preparing myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of athletes 
they just see the physical part, like the actual training part of uh, of uh, being an athlete. But I think like all the other things are so important and you get to a point where you just can't put in more training. It won't make you better. And that's where you need to focus on the other things. And I, that's where I think I can come in and give them advice um, and work with them so they can find their path to being becoming the best athlete that they can be. I really feel that it's like not the end of an era, but the start of a new one, because it's you've, you've very gracefully and beautifully decided to announce your retirement. And now you're showing everybody how to do it in style. So good job. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Thank you for being here. Thank you for spending the time with me today. I might have a little, little cry. <laughs> you know, you're inspired, inspired a generation of athletes, Kristen. Don't, you maybe don't realise how many people you have inspired with your efforts. Thank you so much. That means a lot. I'm going to cry. <laughs> no, uh, I don't cry. No, I don't <laughs> it's uh so it's such an uh, honor to talk to you so glad grateful that you could um talk to me today thank you and uh and yeah best of luck for dubai i hope that you have a great time thank you Good so luck. do i i hope i hope we get to travel that nothing like is closing down but i'm i'm starting to prepare myself for that because it can happen so it's just i want to think it through and just be okay with it even if, though I won't be there. <laughs> but if you can't travel, you've finished your in-person career on a high. Yeah, but I still, there's there's a little bit left. What is there's it in a, Dubai that you've got issues with? No, it's just, uh, I feel like I have a little more to prove to myself that like I can, I can do a little better than I think I can. Um, yeah, so... I want to um, like just go out and don't pace at all and just go for it and then oh. see how how well it could be because I'm always been like pacing myself and not really knowing could have done even better I don't know but um so I want to like a f- few workouts where I just go for it and then it either goes really well or it doesn't go well at all <laughs> This It'll is be fun dangerous to stuff. <laughs> yeah. Dangerous stuff. Okay. Well, I look forward to the streak of lightning that was Kristen Holter. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Wow. I mean, it's uh how are you gonna rev yourself up with that then? You're just gonna like, okay, this is it, leave it all on the floor, last chance, we're going for it. How is that gonna be? What are you gonna say to yourself? Probably this is it. It's time to show everyone who's who's the Krager and what the Krager can do um that always give me a little extra power uh, the word Krager uh, yeah. just give me extra like excitement and just knowing that I I need to prove to myself that I can call myself a, a Krager okay yeah you yeah. are a Krager you are a warrior yeah I've, I've tried my best all these years mm. to show it um, yeah yeah we know we see it thank you that's that's very important to me because 
that's like I can't call myself a crier without embodying what crier means. What does it and mean to you? To me, it's when I say crier to myself, I see myself on a battlefield. Um, and I'm going to go from A to B as fast as possible. There's going to be a lot of obstacles and challenges on the way, but nothing can stop me. And uh, a crier doesn't feel sorry for himself. It's a focus. It's always 100% focus on the task ahead. And despite the obstacles and challenges, always manage to be successful. The, the stoic as well would say the same yeah. sort of thing, wouldn't they? Yeah. Thank you so much. Good luck. And thanks very Thank much you. for your time. Of course. Thank you for having me again. Good luck. Enjoy the Maldives. You've earned it. Oh, I will. <laughs> I meant to ask you about your nutrition career. Do you, t- do you work as a nutritionist as well? Uh, I do not work as a nutritionist. I haven't really been working since I finished my master's degree. I've just been focusing on my athletic career. Um, and um, we'll see. I do study some um, some sports psychology now. And I really like that for the nutrition part as well, because I think it's really hard and tough to be a nutritionist without having like the psychology background because it doesn't really matter how much I know about nutrition if I can't make the person in front of me change the habits of absolutely yeah so I think the most important is knowing how to reach people and knowing how to make them take the right decisions in Mm. their life that's where I think the sports psychology comes in and I I'm super excited for I have a it's a two-year um, course, so I'm very excited to to do that. And I also get to work with athletes during that time, so that's going to be really exciting. I think that will be a game-changer for a lot of people. Okay, well, hopefully I'll get to speak to you again. And um, yeah, thanks very much for your time. And congratulations on your championship title. Thank you so much. Wow. Thank you, Kristen, for that amazing chat. I learned so much about you. Best of luck in Dubai and Miami, and enjoy the Maldives. Next up on the podcast, I have interviews with the commentator and journalist Brian Friend, up-and-coming athlete Evie Hollis, and the organiser of the Dubai CrossFit Championship, Diego Centeno. Until then, thanks for listening, and bye-bye. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Europe is Coming is a programme production and hosted by Vicky McLeod. <laughs>